Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Friday, February 3rd, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, it's that uh, strange pseudo-holiday here in Cleveland that only happens in the coldest of, of wintry afternoons uh, in January. It's truck day down at Progressive Field. A uh, couple of tractor trailers being loaded with uh, gear and uniforms and baseballs and bubble gum and bicycles and all sorts of things if 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 you can think of it the guardians are putting it on the truck and getting it ready to head down to goodyear arizona uh to be unloaded for spring training uh, in less than two weeks yeah that's it's always a great day uh joe it means uh spring training's right around the corner which means the, the regular season has is getting a little bit closer uh, and it's, uh, I know it's cold outside, very cold outside, but uh, it kind of warms your heart when, when the trucks pull out of Progressive Field heading toward Goodyear, that long, uh, what is it, about a three-day drive for those guys? Yeah, uh, Andrew's uh, Moving Services uh, is, is traditionally is, is who handles the driving and the, uh, the transport, and uh, they, they take about three days to get down there uh, because they take their time and they, you know, they, they do it right and make sure that Everything gets there safely, and uh, and then they unload for a day, and and everything is in place and ready for these guys to to come in and, and get going right away when the pitchers and catchers report uh, around Valentine's Day. Uh, this year it was uh, a little bit it, it's sort of back to normal for the first time in like three years because you forget the last couple of seasons you had uh, you had a strike uh, or a a lockout that was uh, you know uh, they didn't know when. Uh, truck day was going to happen or if it was going to happen at, at what time. Uh, so they were sort of flying by the seat of their pants uh, at talking to uh, the clubhouse manager, Tony Amato, today as we were standing on the loading dock, freezing our rear ends off. Uh, and, you know, before that, you had COVID and pandemic uh, situations to deal with. So this was like the first time since maybe 2018, 2019 that they they had a traditional truck day where you you just – uh, had all the stuff ready, and the the players had checked in uh, before Tribe Fest, and and put their stuff out there. The front office people who were were loading up their gear that was all ready to go. And you know, we just sort of stood on the loading dock, uh, you know, watching the the clubbies and the workers sort of load things up. Uh, it it you, you know you're right. It does sort of warm your heart up, but uh, you, you can't ignore the fact that it was 
it was pretty cold out there today. <laughs> I one the, the burning question is, Joe, did Tito's scooter get put on there? You know what? I didn't see Tito's scooter there. Uh, it might still be in. Uh, he, he might still have it locked up back uh, back at his place. But maybe he's uh, driving it to Arizona. Well, I mean, you know, lately he's been he's been using a, the, the golf cart down there to get back and forth to places. So uh, oh, it's yeah. not like it's not like he really uh, needs it out there, uh, anyways. Uh, and and he's he's been walking around and getting around a lot better on his uh, surgically repaired foot. So. Uh, I got to believe that the hog is being taken care of somewhere. If it's not going on the truck, then it's uh, it's definitely being looked after uh, until Tito gets back here and can can use it uh, during the regular season. Yeah, let's hope it didn't walk away again. It, twice is one twice is one too many, I think. <laughs> one too many times. So hopefully it's under lock and key somewhere. Well, and that doesn't even count the uh, the the time that Cash stole it and put it out on the infield for batting practice. So <laughs> that's uh, right. You, you gotta like that. Uh, yeah, but I, I just sort of like the whole the tradition of of truck days. Nobody wants to be there at eight thirty in the morning, standing on a the loading dock. Uh, you know, in the in the elements. Uh, but you know, traditionally, the the reporters, uh, the beat writers, it's it's just a time to get together and sort of commiserate and. Uh, you know, see each other for the first time in in, in a few months or weeks. And uh, you, you, we, we've missed that the last few years. We, we haven't had normal uh, in because of the pandemic, because of the lockout. So uh, just to get back there and, and see uh, Tony, Tony Amato, uh, Scotty and, and, and the guys in the in the clubhouse who were working and trying not to get in their way. Uh, it was it was nice. It was fun. So uh you know, hopefully more normal truck days are ahead uh, for for this club, and 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 we'll uh, we'll we'll be you know watching as they pull the uh, the tractors out onto the street here later on this afternoon and and start that long journey uh, that eventually ends with spring training. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, not the only news of the day for the Guardians. Uh, they announced that uh, Amanda Kamakona. Uh, former UCLA uh, softball player, uh, played professionally. Uh, she's going to be uh, hired as a hitting coach for the Arizona uh, Complex League, and she's going to be working out there with uh, young hitters uh, in the Guardians organization. Uh, this is a, a, a big move for for the Guardians, hiring a, a female coach. Yeah, the first one in franchise history. Uh, you know, I, I, as an on the field coach, you know, they've had <clears throat> female uh, mental skills coaches and, uh, you know, uh, th those kind of that kind of stuff. But just, not, you know, with kind of hands on approach on the field as a coach, you know, working with, uh, you know, the team's hitters, young hitters. This is the first. And, uh, you know, I think she's well qualified. I know Jane, I talked to James Harris last night, the assistant general manager. And, you know, former director of player development, he was really excited about, you know, being able to hire her and looking forward to working with her. You know, she she, you know, played four years, at, you know, Division one college at Cal State Fullerton for two years. Then she uh, transferred to UCLA, where she, you know, was all Pac-10 both years, All-American both years. And really, you know, you look at her offensive numbers. She she could hit the ball. So uh, then she turned pro. She's also coached at the college level. Uh, so you know, well qualified and just you know, kind of a, you know, it continues a trend in Major League Baseball, Joe. Where uh, you know, 
they've they've made a concerted effort to uh, you know open the doors to uh, you know women uh, women interested in in baseball careers on and off the field, and uh, a lot of teams, several teams, have have female coaches now. Yeah, you look at the Yankees. Uh, famously, they they hired Rachel Balkovic. Uh, she was an on on the field or is an on the field uh, coach. Uh, managing actually uh, one of their minor league uh, uh, organizations or franchises, uh, and Bianca Smith with the Red Sox, uh, she was in, involved, uh, you, you know, in coaching them as well. So uh, you go as high as uh, the Marlins hiring uh, Kim Ng to uh, be their general manager. I mean, this is there. There are women who are breaking down uh, barriers and and becoming the first, and and we we need to see more. Our our friend. Uh, uh, Sarah Langs, who uh, is on Twitter all the time, uh, when you see uh, another uh, announcement like this, another coach, uh, another uh, opening that's being filled by a female uh, in, in Major League Baseball or, or in organizations like this, uh, her response is always, uh, this is great. More, please. More of this. Uh, let's see more of this. And uh, as long as it, hey, I, I can tell you one thing that I know, uh, you know, talking to coaches in in the NFL and the NBA all the players care about is can you make me better can you make me a better player on the field more successful so that I can win more so that I can earn more uh, what can you do to make me better they don't care if you're black white brown male female or whatever they they care about can this coach help me and you know if if Amanda Kamakona can come in there and develop young hitters, she can rise up uh, and, and and have a job in the majors someday uh, just as easily as anyone. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it, Joe. I mean, players want to get better. And if you can help them, like you said, it doesn't matter if you're male or female or black or white. They want advice. They want they they want to know how to, how to improve their skills. And, uh, you know, hopefully this is a step in the right direction you know, for, for Amanda uh, and the Guardians and, and their players. Yeah, I, it's a trend uh, all through, not just Major League Baseball, but through all sports. You know, we saw uh, in, in Cleveland, Becky Hammond as a, a you know, a, a coach with the, the Cavaliers. Uh, we've seen the, the, the Browns hire, uh, you know, female coaches as well. Uh, in fact, during the, the pandemic season, uh, you know, you had, uh, female coaches on the field coaching position groups, uh, you know, just, you know, uh, a step away from being the head coach uh, at, at, at points during, uh, you know, times when other coaches were out with COVID. So, yeah, who knows uh, how, how high this will go. And, and you know, like uh, to echo what Sarah says, you know, more, please. Let's see more of it. Uh, definitely want to see it. Uh, other On the umpire and on the officials too, Joe. But, oh, um, yeah female officials in the NFL and the NBA, you know, and college ball. I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't think there's a female uh, major league umpire. I don't even know if there's one in the minors, but you know, that's probably coming too. We've had them before. And I would, I would imagine uh, that that door will be opened as well. Yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta believe that major league baseball is going to make a, a more of an effort now seeing what the NBA has done, seeing the uh, you know, there's every time you look up, during a Cavaliers uh, game now, uh, there's one at least one female official on a crew, and you 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 can't argue with you know just the 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 need and the push to to do more like this. So we're we're definitely seeing it. 
uh, as it's coming out. All right, uh, more news for the Guardians, uh, specifically player news. Uh, we saw via social media uh, earlier this week, Richie Palacios, uh, minor league uh, outfielder who, who had uh, who was one of the 17 players that made his major league debut. He was up and down uh, several times last season uh, with the big league club. Uh, Palacios announced that he has uh, been invited to and is is going to make uh, the 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 roster for the Netherlands. Uh, he will play for uh, you know Team Netherlands in the World Baseball Classic, uh, and you know that that goes to speak to the the depth of the the Guardians organization because Richie Palacios uh, by by playing in the World Baseball Classic will will probably cost himself a chance to make the opening day roster uh, if if some of these young guys uh, can step in there and, and, you know, play well during his absence. Yeah, for sure, Joe. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a family affair. You know, his brother Josh has also made the club, you know, and right now they're, they're going to start, they're, they're scheduled to start in the outfield, both of them. So that's going to, but they're going to get some frequent flyer miles too. They, they opened the uh, series in Taiwan. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure when they're leaving, but they might be packing their bags right now. So, uh, you know, that starts uh, March 8th. They start that pool play with the Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, Panama, and Chinese Taipei starts on March 8th. Yeah, it should be a, a lot of fun to, to see, uh, you know, a guy like Shohei Otani playing for Japan. Uh, we, we've talked at length uh, about some of the, uh, just the star-packed, uh, rosters for teams like Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic and, and Venezuela. Uh, but uh, Team Canada is also uh, a team that Guardians players should be keeping their eye, or Guardians fans should be keeping their eye on uh, with Cal Quantrill now, uh, you know, more than likely being a, a guy who's going to be on the roster. Yeah, Cal Quantrill, you know, 15-game winner last year. Uh, pitched 186 innings. You know the wins and the innings were career highs. He made the you know two postseason starts against the Yankees, uh, and then, you know obviously a Canadian native. And his dad, you know Paul Quantrill, is going to be on the coaching staff, Canada's coaching staff. Uh, so I would think it's it's pretty likely that Cal is going to pitch for that club. We don't know for sure, and it you know it certainly sounded like Bo Naylor. Uh, a Guardians catcher would would make the club or, or would play in in uh, for Canada if he made the roster. And we still haven't seen the official Canada's official roster, but you know I would think you know Quantrill and and uh, Bo Naylor are kind of locks uh, for for the Cana- the Canadian team. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah, Josh Naylor, uh, again, still sort of giving himself some time and, and, and working back from... Uh, the the injury he suffered two seasons ago uh, to his ankle, uh, he actually turned down or, or said that he wouldn't be playing for uh, Team Canada. Uh, maybe in the future, uh, you know, he wants to, but uh, right now probably just wouldn't be 
the best thing for him. Uh, he, he sort of needs that that time to work his way in uh, during spring training, uh, like on a normal sort of season that's you're not playing in a, you know, a worldwide baseball tournament. So uh, Team Canada, very interesting. Also very interesting to watch uh, what's going on with the Dominican Republic, uh, because there are so many Guardians players uh, who are would be eligible to, to be on that roster. Uh, the chief among them, Jose Ramirez. Uh, everything I'm looking at, every roster projection has Manny Machado uh, or Rafael Devers over at third base, uh, which is Jose Ramirez's home. Uh, even though he's the veteran, uh, they might move Jose Ramirez to second base. Uh, Hoisey, what, do you, what are your thoughts when you hear Jose Ramirez and second base for uh, the Dominican Republic? Joe, if this was six years ago, I'd have no problem with it. But uh, if he's going to play second base now, you know, you, there's two concerns. A is his uh, right thumb that that, we're, that he needed surgery on in November. Is that healed and can he swing the bat? And and B, you know, he's not move. He doesn't have the range he once did. And uh, you know, I, I playing second base, turning the double play. You know, if I'm the Guardians, I've got some concerns about that. But we also have to remember that last year they let him play in the uh, in the home run derby when they knew he had a torn ligament in in his, in his right thumb. So, you know, I, I'm not, you know, if if and you know, talking to Terry Francona at 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 uh, Guardfest and and at the awards, you know, the uh, Greater Cleveland uh, Sports Awards banquet, he said Jose has been swinging the bat well. But, uh, you know, this is, this is going to be an interesting decision for the organization, whether they let him play or not. You know, maybe they maybe they insist on him uh, DHing in some of these games. And, and uh, if that's the case, then I really don't have an issue with with Jose Ramirez uh, being on the roster, being active in those games. If he can DH every other game or, you know, work him in in, in that way. Uh, but just. Uh, and let's throw it out there. What's everybody's concern? What's what comes to your mind? The first thing you think of Jose Ramirez getting slid into and taken out at second base on a, on a double play try. And, you know, and, and he misses, you know, six weeks or more uh, with a with a sore knee or or worse, has to have surgery. That's that's the the giant concern. You don't want to speak it out loud because you don't want to see it happen. But, you know, this is this is your franchise right here right now this is the face of your team this is your leader and you can't risk going into the season with him not fully healthy uh and and playing second base it, it that's where something could happen yeah great point joe and uh you know you know uh that that the pool play in miami where the dominican republic starts you know, it's going to be heated. Uh, the Dominican, you've got Puerto Rico, you've got Venezuela, Nicaragua, and Israel. And just seeing Dominican, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela, you know, those are the three teams that, you know, annually play for the Caribbean World Series. You know, that, there's a lot of, those are those are high stake games. And, uh, you know, you've got a, a lot is on the line. And uh, if you're, you know, you, you really, you know, I think your idea of having them DH him, you know, you can call your shots. If you're the Guardians and you let him go, you can make it a clear to uh, the Dominican coaching staff that, okay, we'll let him go, but he's got a DH. You know, we're, we are not getting our guy, you know, banged up in in, in a uh, in the WBC here. Yeah, and uh, again, it's different than worrying about a pitcher being 
overtaxed. I mean, if they're concerned about Emmanuel Classe going, you know, that uh, he's a guy who throws 100 miles an hour and, you know, big arm, you know, that kind of thing. It, if an injury is going to happen there, it, it's, it could have happened anywhere. It could have happened during spring training too. But uh, in, in spring training, in exhibition games, you're not leaving Jose Ramirez out there for a full nine innings playing second base and being exposed. I mean, he's playing like two or three uh, innings and, and getting out uh, typically in in exhibition games where he would normally be at this time. So, yeah, there's a, a, a lot of concern. Are they are they ready to take on this this burden, this load that early in the spring where, you know, by March 8th, they're you know, they're typically they're just easing into games at that point. Yeah, and I think, you know, they've tried to uh, stagger the reporting dates uh, for spring training, you know, to uh, make sure the WBC guys, you know, will get some extra work. The pitchers and catchers, I think, report on February 13th. You know, they start working out February 14th. A couple of days later, the uh, pitchers, you know, the position players that are going to, you know, participate, you know, come in. So, it's it, you know it's not a whole lot of buffer, but you know you get the guys in there a couple days in advance. They they get you know they get their physicals, they get some early work in before you know they they start they start getting you know having to join their WBC teams. And another guy you know we didn't mention was Andres Jimenez is going to play shortstop for Venezuela, uh, and and that looks like you know pretty much a, a lock a done deal. So. Um, you know, that's another guy you got to, you got to wonder, you got to worry about and a gold glove, second baseman, you know, a guy that had a breakout season last year. Right. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of people to, to sort of keep tabs on and, and, and stay worried about if you're, you're Chris Antonetti and, and Mike Chernoff. Uh, Hey, before we get going today, wanted to mention, uh, Friday today and Saturday tomorrow, uh, funeral services for John Adams, the longtime uh, drummer and uh, Indians and Guardians fan who uh, w- was really the the symbol for Cleveland fans uh, for, for so many years. Uh, just the guy that uh, everybody sort of looked to when you thought of a uh, fan at Progressive Field where he would sit at the top of the bleachers and, and bang his drum uh, for, for nearly 50 years. Uh, a tremendous loss to the franchise, to the fan base uh, that that Adams passed away earlier this week at age 71 uh, should be a, a very well attended and, and uh, you know, uh, very emotional uh, service uh, for the wake today and the funeral tomorrow. Uh, just uh, your thoughts on, uh, you know, what 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 to expect with John Adams and, and saying goodbye to him, basically, uh, as as Guardians and Indians fans. Yeah, uh, Joe, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a tough day. I, I think, you know, as, as sick as, as John had been the last couple of years, we knew this day was coming. I thought the, the Guardians did a great job last year, you know, while he could, while he could enjoy it, you know, they inducted him into the Hall of Fame, you know, they, they put a bronze uh, bench with his drum on it in, in the, in Heritage Park, uh, and, uh, you know, they and I think, you know, uh, Joe, I was talking to uh, uh, Curtis Danberg with with the Guardians. He said they're going to, you know, they have an audio of John's drumming, John Adams drumming. They're going to use it next year, you know, they'll, on the scoreboard like they did in the postseason. So, I mean, his 
his drumming and his memory will live on. But tough, tough day for for Guardians fans and the organization and and John Adams family today for sure. Yeah, you, you think about more than thirty seven hundred games he attended. Uh, it, his family was so generous with him and almost said, you know, he, him being an ambassador to. Uh, fans everywhere and to the world for Cleveland fans, uh, just the, allowing him to to just be at the ballpark as much as he was. And it was his second home. You, you think about it. Uh, at the old stadium, he, he met his wife there. I didn't even realize that. I, you know, in, in reading some of these stories, as we posted from the archives uh, today, uh, I didn't know that that he and his wife, Kathleen, met at in the bleachers at uh, the old stadium and and got married you know in in 1978 after you know a couple of years of, of of courtship there uh it it's just really amazing and and some of his philosophies he was quoted so many times in uh plain dealer stories uh just over the last 50 years uh whenever when there was a you know the the player strike in 1994 you know he had been banging that drum for so many years at the old stadium and they finally get a championship team in place and then the strike cuts the season short and the first thing that the the newspapers wanted to to ask was you know find find the number one fan and ask him what he thinks about it uh and 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 he had he was a, he was a philosopher a, a philosophizer he he quoted and, and just said you know like, baseball is still great and i love my team and that's why i'm here and and the, those are the kinds of things that he said And he was always so generous and giving of his time uh you know he had thoughts on when the team moved from the old stadium to to gateway back then when it was called that uh and uh, just reading through some of those really just you know made you think about how lucky we as as fans here in cleveland were to have uh such a great sort of uh symbol uh for us here uh to to speak to the world about what it means to be a clevelander and what it means to support your team yeah you, that, that was very well put joe you know he was he was part of it part of the <laughs> the organization, part of the team, and, and most of all, like part of the fans, you know, he was, he was a fan, you know, that's, you know, most, more than anything else, he was a fan and that brought him to all these games year after year after year. So, you know, what a legacy and how, and he certainly will be missed. Yeah. Uh, Every time you walk past Heritage Park, you can see his bench and his drum uh, bronzed there in the, uh, in in the plaza and uh you know to stop and take a minute uh if you're a guardians fan uh to to think about john adams today and tomorrow uh we, he will certainly be missed all right Hoinsie, that's going to wrap up uh this week and uh today's edition of the cleveland baseball talk podcast uh we'll get back at it on monday and we'll talk to you guys then <laughs>